0: Good to be with you, Durbanville Central. It's a long way from City Bowl. We just thought we were carried on driving north. We're gonna be in Namibia soon. (laughs) But here we are. Um, We are Andrew and Liz. We're we're part of the leadership team in in City Bowl. Um, We've been in this wonderful city about five and a half years now. Came down from Joburg. Originally, you can probably tell um, we're from the UK, um, we love this country, we love what God's doing here, ESCOM or no ESCOM, we love this country. God is at work and it's so good to be part of the, the church of God um, in this nation, in this city. Um, yeah, so let, can we just, uh, I, I want to share something um, about being made in their image. Can we just put up that Genesis verse, please? Genesis 1, verse six, uh, 26. Um, it says this Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock over all the earth and over all the creatures that move along the ground. It's, it's a very well-known verse. And we often look at that first bit, let us make man. But actually it says, let us make man in our image. Who is us? If we're made in a plural image, who is us? Our is a plural word. So we are made in the likeness of the Trinity. We are made like our Father. We are made like the Son. We are made like the Holy Spirit. Just get your heads around that for a minute. We always think that we're, just, we're made and God put us together. Actually, we're made in the image of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's amazing. Um, and it, it sort of grabbed my attention a few weeks ago. I thought, wow, um, I've, I've never quite seen it like that before. And some of you may have skewed views of a father or, or even skewed views of sons if you've got wild children. Um, you may even have, not have, have a full understanding of the Holy Spirit. But I just want to put some of, some of those things into our heads this morning, into our hearts we are made in the image of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are made to be fathers and mothers. We are made to be sons in the house. We are made to be spirit people. It's innate in us. God created us like that. It's in our DNA. We, can't, we, we shouldn't be able to help being like a father. Being like a son, being a spirit person, because that's how God made us. We're, we're int- intricately wired that way inside us. Um, as, a, as a leader, as an elder, I hear so many times people saying, I don't know what my purpose is. What, is. what is my purpose in life? What should I. I think innately, at a very fundamental level, our purpose is to be. A father, or a mother, a son in the house, and a spirit person. Just at a very God's got a individual calling and purpose for each one of us. I know, but at a very base level, that's that's who He's made us to be. So let's just um, let's unpack that a bit. Um, I, I want to see what that might mean for you and for me. So we're made to be fathers and mothers. Let's look at that one first. In the natural, and it says in scripture that first the natural, then the spiritual. In the natural, we are made to raise children in our own families. In the natural. I know that doesn't necessarily happen with everybody, but innately, that's how God created us, to raise children. And so if that's What it's like in the natural, surely it's like that in the spiritual as well. We are made to raise children in the spiritual. We are made to to raise spiritual children. So parenting children is in our DNA. Parenting people, parenting people in the church is in our DNA. And you may not feel you're there just yet, but it's in your DNA. You may not feel that you're a leader yet, or an elder, or you can do that, or you've got the gifts for that, but actually, it's in your DNA. And I think it's something that we are all called to do. At some point, we are all called to raise spiritual children. And just like with natural parenting, we've got three, they're all grown up now, they're all living in, back in the UK, but they still need parenting every so often. They're all in their 30s, but they still need parenting. Um, just need to pull it into line, just make f- an adjustment here and an adjustment there. Um, and we have to be very intentional about that. Um, we have to be intentional about the way that we parent. It's, it doesn't just happen. I'm sure you mothers and fathers know you actually have to work quite hard at it. It doesn't just happen. And each child is different. And each child has different needs. So it is with spiritual children. We all, our spiritual children have different needs. We've got to be very intentional with each individual. So, yeah, children... We are the children, too. We are children. I need parenting. I need to to learn how to, and that's part of sonship. Let's move on to that next. Um, But we all have a part to play in helping each other grow up. Parenting is about helping your child to grow up. Spiritual parenting is about helping the church grow up, grow into maturity. Just stop and consider this for a moment. Just stop and consider who are you parenting in the church? Who are you helping to disciple? Who are you helping to grow to become more like Jesus? Because that's what we want. We're parenting them so that they become more like Jesus. At the end of Hebrews 5, it's, it says, Paul says this. Can we put up twelve verses 12 to 14? In fact, I love the way you guys up and down the lights and everything. It's great. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. We need to help train people to eat solid food. So how can we do this? How can you do this? We want to raise children to become mature, but how can we help them eat solid food? As I said earlier, the, I think one of the keys is to be very intentional. Actually, it's, it's quite easy to be intentional if you start just, trying, just start just beginning to think that way. So a coffee date, or having dinner with a couple, or going for a hike, or going for a cycle or whatever you guys do can be very intentional in terms of growing people. We are usually always thinking before we meet someone, God, what are you doing here? What are you saying? And how can we help them to their next next point of growth or their next challenge? I heard it said of... um, Dudley Daniel, many of you will know Dudley. He was leader of the apostolic NCMI team way back in the 70s, 80s. And Lee will know him. He said this. He said, I know I'm called to be an apostle and a prophet. Therefore, everything I do is with that in mind. Everything he does, whether it's a dinner date, whether he's preaching, whether he's visiting a church whether he's taking a Bible study, whatever, everything he does is with the apostolic and prophetic in mind. So what I'm saying is it can be the same for us. Maybe not with the apostolic and prophetic. Some of us do have prophetic gifts, but we all can be fathers. So everything you do, have a parenting mind in view. Everything you do if God, if this is how God has made you, if this is part of the purpose that God has for you, to be a spiritual parent, everything you do can have that. You can have that in mind. Intentional. Be intentional. Uh, let me give you some examples wi- with us. Um, we have something. It started really with some people coming round to visit us for dinner one evening, some young guys. And we were just, they were young, we had our children at home still. And we were just bantering around the dinner table as we Easts do. Sorry, our surname is East. Um, and we were talking on a range of subjects, be it probably not political, but possibly about scripture, about what's going down in the country, about sport, but it was very... Bantery conversation, and um, the, one of the guys said to us after, "I've never, I've never done this before. We just don't do this in my family at the dinner table." Um, and we were all sharing our views and thoughts and this and and so it got it got. Lizzie and I started thinking, "What well, if, the, actually, that's probably quite a gap for some people. They just don't have that." So we started something called Potluck Club, which is Every, it's potluck because you, it's a bring-in share, so everyone, it's potluck what we get. It's usually very good. And you always everyone brings a bit more, so you know how bring-in shares work. But um, So we, we were very intentional about who we invited, young people in the church who perhaps didn't have a, an, an arena where they could do this, just chat about things. So we said, okay, let's come, we're going to be very intentional. I want you to bring questions about what God is doing with you in here at the moment. What are some of the things that you're you're challenged with or struggling with? let's, Let's talk about them together. So we probably had about 14, 15, 16 young people with us. And we just shared what God is doing. And it opened up some incredible conversations. And some of the guys have actually said to us, we probably grew more in those potluck clubs spiritually than anywhere else. Lizzie and I were very intentional about growing people, about helping them come to the ne- into their next steps of spiritual growth. There was a young guy who I've had coffee with recently. He's, he's doing well. He's about to get married. Um, and so I said to him, Kevin... I would like to see you being a comgroup group leader in the middle of, by the middle of next year. What me? I said, yeah, why not? You're you're growing in God. You have a good knowledge of the Word. You're confident. You you're innately you're a growing leader. Why not? And he sort of, yeah, why not? It's very easy to be intentional and challenge people. What does God see in them? What does God see the next steps for them? What does their future look like in God? And start opening that up for them. This is what I see for you. Can you see it yourself? It's actually quite easy. We did that with our kids. We did. Talked about careers with them and what they were good at, what their strengths and weaknesses were. It's actually very easy. But you have to be quite intentional. So ask yourself ask yourself who you can disciple, ask yourself who you can be intentional with. What does God see for them? What are the next steps for them? How can you help them grow? And remember, this is always done in team. You're not a lone ranger. You've got a leadership team here with you. You're working with them, with people. Um, So, yeah, we work together. We're not lone rangers. We don't lead people off down here. We're working together. So talk to your leaders. Say, I'd really love to get together with so-and-so. Can I do that? And I, I just feel God saying this about them. What do you think? Um, So, being intentional, asking God what he sees for them. But be aware that parenting can be messy. Most of us know that. It's very time-consuming and it can be messy. So, be prepared to go on a journey with them. Be prepared to go around to their place when it's hard, when it's challenging for them, when they're really facing a difficulty. It's walking with them. As parents, we walk with our kids to see them grow up. Same with same with our spiritual children, we walk with them, we challenge them, we help them through their difficulties. And as I said, we're in team, so you can wo- walk it through with your leaders as well. Ask God for prophetic words for them. What's God saying about them? What's God's? What does God want to say? What does God see for them? Remember. Prophecy is upbuilding and exhorting. I probably don't need to say this, but it propels us into the more. Prophecy is encouraging. It fills people with courage, it fills our hearts with courage. Prophecy is comforting. It binds up the wounds of the brokenhearted. Seek prophetic words for people. God is always speaking. God is always speaking. God is always speaking about Liz, about Gunter, about Andre, Lee. God is always speaking. We just need to tune in. So be bold. Well, God, what are you saying about this person? Okay, so we are made to be parents, we are made to be fathers and mothers in the house. We're also made to be sons and brothers, siblings. We've been adopted as sons and daughters into a family, into his family. Therefore, we are no longer orphans and slaves. Can we put up that Romans 8.15 verse? Please. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. When we came to know Jesus, we received that spirit of sonship. But I also, we are made in his image to be sons. We are made to be a son in the house. We are made to be sons in our own natural families, but we're made to be sons in the house as well. And a father gives, gives his children protection, provision and identity. Do you know, do you really know your identity as a son? Do you really know, has that innate sonship in you started to sprout? Do you really know who you are as a son of God? Do you really know who you are as a son in this house, as a son or a daughter? And I'd say genderless. Do you know what it means to be a son in the house? Um, I'm just going to read out a few examples of the difference between an orphan or a slave and a son. So, how, with regard to the, an image of God, their image of God, an orphan heart. An orphan would see God as a master. A son sees God as a loving father. In terms of core theology, an orphan generally lives by the loves to live by the law. But a son lives by the law of love. And a son understands love and lives by the law of love. In terms of security, an orphan is pretty insecure and lacks peace. But a son lives in rest and peace. In terms of the need for approval, an orphan would strive for praise and approval and acceptance from people. A son knows that he is totally accepted in God's love and justified by his grace. Are you, are you, do, you, do you generally tend to have son thoughts and ways, or do you generally think like an orphan? Uh, It's a whole subject on its own and we can probably spend the weekend talking about that but just think think about that how do you see God is he your father or is he your master because a son sees him as a father a son is part of a family and generally, he knows, he knows what the family's values are. He takes on and lives by the values of the family. Let's just have a look at some of those. So sons and daughters obey the head of the family. That's what they do. They obey their father. They follow in his ways. And in terms of the church, we follow our leaders. Scripture tells us to submit to our leaders. Sons and daughters live by the vision of the family, the visions and values of the family. In our home, we've always been very hospitable. We've always had lots of people through our homes staying with us, providing meals, whatever. Um, it's just one of our core values. We've invested time and money into being hospitable. And um, we had uh, Caroline once, our eldest daughter, one, was <laughs> often hosts large dinner parties. She just does. She, and um, one of her friends said to her, how do you do this? You're cooking for 30-odd people, and it, it seems effortless. And she said, yeah, that's how I grew up. That was, that was what she picked up in our family. She learned the vision and the values of our family, and it was easy for her. Um, as, as family, we do things together. Sons and daughters are part of the family, and we do things together. We eat, we go on hikes, we travel. We whatever you do as a family together, we do that. That's the same for our spiritual family. Are you a son in this house? Are you part of this family? Do you do things together, or do you keep yourself apart? Do you join in, or do you separate? We eat, we have fun, we hike. If you're going on a hike, invite others. If you you make make more of a habit of going out for dinner with people, just being family. That's what sons and daughters do. Family children also have come, come to a place where they have faith for what the family's up to. When we first came to South Africa, um, long story about how we got here and why. But at some point we had, the kids were uh, 14, 12, and 9 at the time. And we, we had to help them find their own faith to come here, to change cultures, change schools. Our daughter was 14, it was a bad time to move a girl out of high school. But they had to find their own faith for what God is calling us to, for being part of his family. We care for each other, Acts 2, 45, you don't have the verse, but all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give anyone who had need. That's family. That's being a son in the house. That's looking after each other. That's what we do as family. And it can be more expensive at times than others. It can be more sacrificial. But that's what God's calling to us to in this family as sons and daughters in this house. Children are obedient to the business of their family. They work with what the family is working at. I just want to give you a few examples of, in the Old Testament. It says of Joshua and Caleb. Remember, they were spy, They went to spy out the land. They were the two spies who brought back a good report, and said that we can do this. Yeah, there there are giants in the land. Yes. There are many enemies, but actually, if this is what God wants us to do, we can do this. So there they they were, they were good sons in the house and wanted to bring the family into all that God called them to. And it says of, it says of, of them, Joshua and Caleb were full of faith and wholehearted to, what got, um, to the calling of God. It said, um, yeah. And they received their inheritance. It says in Numbers 14, because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land that he went to and his descendants will inherit it. We will inherit all that God has called us to as we work out family together as we are work out the vision that God's called us to in this house. It says of David, after removing Saul, he made David their king. This is God. And God testified concerning him, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. And as we know, God blessed David. God blessed the nation of Israel and they prospered under David's rule. And history tells us that uh, the kingdom of Israel was at its largest and most influential under the rulership of David. There were men, Joshua, Caleb, David. There were men who understood what God, as head of the family, wanted for the nation, wanted for the family of Israel. Yahweh. They struggled at times, and the people of Israel weren't always, as we know, um, following after God. But these were men who were sons of God. They knew what God was calling them to, and they wanted that that for the nation of Israel. Do we know what God is calling us to? Do we know what God is calling this church to? Are we sons in the house? Do Do we know what? The elders, where the elders are leading us and how we can get behind that and take the church forward. We are made to be people of the Spirit, born of the Spirit. Can we just put the John 3 verses up, please? born of the spirit we are spirit people we are born of the spirit we are it is innately in us to be spirit people what does that look like well we will live and see things differently according to what the holy spirit shows us as i said earlier god is always speaking Spirit people, as spirit people, we can always tune in to what God is saying. Whether it's for individuals, whether it's for us as a church, whether it's for your family, God is always speaking and wants to show us his ways, show us his heart, show us his desires through us. In Acts 2, It says this, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. God wants to to use us to speak his word. God wants... How how open are we to be to allow the spirit to be poured into us? We should be really open because we are spirit people. It's nothing it shouldn't be alien to us, it shouldn't be strange. So we see thing, we will see things differently. We'll we will hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. The Spirit also brings revelation. Can we bring up the uh, the Luke two verses, please, and then the one Corinthians one after that. Here, here's a man named Simeon. He was a, a prophet awaiting the birth of Christ, and he was ready. He was ready to receive his revelation. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Isn't that a lovely name for Jesus? The consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, oh, I finished there. Um, but he, he, was, he was ready. And God gave him revelation. God had, God had given him revelation that he would not die until he had seen the Christ. So his whole life, his latter years, were he, he spent being ready. And on the day that Jesus arrived, he was ready because he had revelation. Are you ready? 1 Corinthians 2, however, as it, is, as it is written, no eye has seen, no, no ear has heard, no man has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him, but God has revealed it to us by his Holy Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. So we can know the thoughts of God because the Holy Spirit is alive in us and the Spirit reveals them to us. To exercise, grow in your ability to understand the ways of the Spirit. Grow in your ability to hear God and expect revelation. God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. We couldn't; it wouldn't be like that if we weren't spirit people. It would be; we wouldn't hear. It'd be meaningless. But because we are spirit people, God can give us revelation. We will be fruitful. As spirit feet people we will be fruitful. Can ever anyone tell me the the nine fruits of the spirit? Galatians five. Okay, I challenge you. Go home and learn them. Galatians five, verse twenty two and twenty three. What are the fruits of the spirit? Love, joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control they're fruits that's they're, that's they should be normal to us as spirit people love it should be easy because we're spirit people joy peace patience that's where God's working on me, especially on the road no serious I, It's not just taxi drivers. It's, why didn't you indicate? (laughs) Actually, just be patient. Calm down. You don't have to get there two seconds earlier. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We're spirit people. These should be oozing out of us all the time. There's plenty more to say, but let's leave it there. We're created to be fathers and mothers in the house. We're created to be sons in the house, understanding what God's doing, understanding what he's at work with amongst us, getting behind the eldership, the leadership. We're designed to be spirit people, led by the spirit, full of the spirit, full of its fruits. I, I, I'd like to ask for a response. I, I don't know how often you do that, but I just feel that God wants us to grow in these areas. And there may be people here this morning who are thinking, ah, I don't know how I can be a father or a mother in this house. I don't know. I, want, I think that, yes, I hear what God's saying, and I want to grow in that, but I need help. I want to I know what it is to be a son in the house. I want to know what it is to be part of this family, to have to see each one of you as brothers and sisters getting working with what God's working with amongst us. I want to know that, but I, I'm struggling. Or you may think, I, I just don't know this Holy Spirit. I am not there. I've never heard him. The fruits of the Spirit are not, are not strong in me. I think God wants us to respond this morning. Just just open your heart to God right now. Allow him to just push the buttons. You know what buttons he's pushing right now. Just start to respond to him, saying, Father, Father, Lord Jesus, will you help me? I'm really, really struggling in this. I can't see it. I don't know what to do. Will you help me, Lord Jesus? And if that's you and you want prayer, please come forward. and I'll ask the elders, leaders, and com group leaders and deacons to come and and pray with with you. But I, I do feel God wants a response this morning. He's he's opened your eyes to something different and he, he wants to change the way that you see things and do things.